Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode, a returning episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We hope you had a very, very Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, and as well as a Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrated, as well as a very Happy New Year. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Sorry, our apologies for being off for a while, about a, a little over... Uh, two weeks or, or just about two weeks but we are back it might not be all three of us being back but due to unclassified circumstances we will have two of the three hosts here today at the Huda Dish podcast it feels fantastic to be back and it is upon us our beloved saints are now officially official as the number one seed in the NFC as well as the best team of the 2018 and 19 NFL regular season they finished the season at 13 and 3 Riding into the playoffs again, home field advantage under their belt. And we welcome you into the Who Dat Dish podcast, which we will break down their final game of the season on this episode, as well as doing an outlook towards the playoffs and what may come for the Saints. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. The host who will not be joining us today, unfortunately, tonight is Tyler Raymond, and you can follow him on Twitter at RaymondTylerM, but he will be with us tomorrow on a very, very special episode where we will be bringing on another guest, uh, actually first guest that we've had in quite a while on the show, and another big podcast host, Ross Jackson, a fantastic guy, host over on Locked on Saints. He'll be on the show tomorrow, and we'll hope to have that episode out to you guys later that evening, so uh, tune in for that. And, uh, of course, the other host with us, you can follow him on Twitter at St. Charlie. He's the best follow you can have if you're a Saints fan. <laughs> I know he's eager for the Saints to play because after a loss, it seems like an eternity before the Saints snap the ball again. <laughs> we, we, we realized that uh, over in Dallas. Uh, Charlie, what's going on, my man? How are you feeling? Are you, are you ready for the Saints to play? Are you bummed from the loss? Overall, how are you feeling? Good, man. Uh Hope uh, hope you uh, and and our listeners had a good holiday season. I know uh, we did. It was kind of crazy. Um, we had like a it was kind of a weird holiday season. Like my dad got shingles, so that was that sucked. So he couldn't really be around, you know, the grandkids and stuff around Christmas. And then I got sick. My daughter got sick. So it's kind of one of those weird Christmases that kind of went by a little bit too fast, but. Um, you know, I, I tweeted on uh, Christmas morning that my wife was pregnant, and uh, we're we're expecting our second kid. And we've obviously known about it for some time, but we were kind of holding off to to tell anybody, and we're holding off to tell our daughter, who uh, she'll be four next month. And man, we uh, we actually told her that that she was going to be a big sister in 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 like a gift form, like we handed her a little gift bag. And in there was, you know, the sonogram picture of the baby, and and uh, you know, we we see you know, my daughter's name is Penelope. We said Penelope, you're you're gonna be a you're gonna be a big sister. Congratulations, Charlie. That's fantastic news. Breaking it here. <laughs> that sounded like a, sounded like a pencil sharpener. Going oh on man, there. it was supposed but, to be uh, claps. I couldn't get a good clip. I'm sorry. That's claps oh. for you though, Charlie. Congratulations, oh, man. You. Yeah. So you. My my uh, my touching holiday season story is is that um, yeah I mean so we're really excited and uh, and it was what right that was that um, a couple days yeah a couple days before that the Saints locked mm-hmm. up first first round by by you know that crazy game over the Steelers mm. um, but as far as the playoffs I mean I, I'm really really eager you know it, it's it kind of you know, it doesn't. I've been kind of bouncing this around um, over the last week or so, and and uh, since I think today, Mike Triplett at ESPN, he he wrote a really really cool piece about trying to compare 2009, 2011, and 2018 as far as the three best Saints teams of all time. I mean, I think really the the theme of the story was the Sean Payton, Drew Brees area, but. Re- but really, even even through the Dome Patrol years and these, you know, the, those three teams look to be the three best teams of all time. And and I've kind of bounced that around. I mean, I know there's a lot of parallels between this team and that 2009 team. But you know, I, in 2009, maybe because I was a little younger and uh, you know, I, I I wasn't as hardened as I am now. Um, but 
I really felt throughout that whole year that the Saints would win the Super Bowl. Like every week, I mean, it didn't matter if it was that Miami game where we came back and won. Um, you know, it, it just felt like it just felt like the Saint. You just kind of knew, you know, you knew, but you didn't like. It wasn't in the front of your head, but you kind of knew it in the back of your head, like deep in your soul. You just kind of knew that the Saints were going to win the Super Bowl that year. I mean, the NFL as a whole, from what I remember, wasn't really it wasn't really that good of a year for the NFL. I mean, the Colts were really good, um, but the Patriots weren't all that great. I mean, I remember the Saints destroyed the Patriots Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vikings were kind of playing like. Uh, Bunch of crazy kids that are were high on cocaine, going completely nuts. They had they had Brett Favre, who just would not go down. But the rest of the league that year just really wasn't that good, and and the Saints really separated themselves as the best team in the league that year. I mean, there, to me, there was no no question. This year, the NFL is a lot better. I mean, the competition around the league is a lot better. Um, now, having said that, I do believe that overall, the team as a whole that this is the best Saints team of all time. And I, I say that just, you know, looking at the regular season and just looking at the roster and and the team as a whole, I feel like this is the best Saints team of all, of all time. It may not go down as the best Saints team of all time. That that story, I guess, still has to be written here over the next, you know, month or a little bit over a month. But going into the playoffs with this roster, Breeze has never had a defense that was missed out, man. Mm. He's missing a couple weapons on offense. He doesn't have the same weapons that he had in 2011. He doesn't even have the same weapons that he had in 2009. But he's got his his best running back tandem he's ever had. He has the best wide receiver he's ever had. And if all healthy, he probably has the best offensive line he's ever had. So I think this could be uh, overall the best team of all time in the Saints franchise. Um, but, man, I'm super excited as hell to get into the playoffs and and really see, you know, after that, that Panther game that we're all kind of writing off and kind of see how we respond and prepare and get ready for whoever we play. All of those weapons you just listed, and I agree 100% with you, are under 30, other than the offensive line. Best running back duo, I mean, Mark Ingram's right up there at 30, but Kamara, way under 30. Michael Thomas, way under 30. Uh, and then you talk about guys like Traquan Smith, Austin Carr, Dan Arnold, some of these guys on the receiving end for Drew Brees, and then the weapons, uh, or, or, or the personnel there on defense, uh, with with Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams, Alex Anzalone, who's coming to his own, Sheldon Rankins, Marcus Davenport. These are all extremely young guys. Eli Apple, uh, Von Bell. Really, really young guys who have shaped this football team like guys we we really haven't seen before in their first, second, and third years in the league. It's incredible to see the Saints team pull themselves up by the belt straps because of all these young guys. And of course, it starts with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, the tandem who's been here forever, uh, two of the oldest and longest to do it at their respective positions. But still, the, the reason this team is so good and Super Bowl bound, it seems, although, I mean, the Saints has to have to win two games, but obviously with the number one seed, they're Super Bowl uh, uh, favorites. It, it's due to the young guys. It, it, it really is, and it's it's absolutely incredible to see. Um, and, and that fits the theme of young ones, including your, of course, uh, going to be having a newborn child. Um, <laughs> your your daughter is going to be a, a new sister, a big sister, and I know that's, that's, that's huge news as well um, and, and very relatable to me. Um, I also want to give a shout out to, um, of course, everybody who had a very Merry Christmas and everybody who got me any sort of Saints gear this Christmas, including my girlfriend, Katie, who got me a a really, really nice black home Alvin Kamara jersey, uh, good friend Ulysses, who got me an Alvin Kamara jersey shirt, um, and then, uh, coworker Fortunate got me a, a really awesome Saints uh, like overhead, um, saying that it actually features uh, players from a couple years ago, which is fantastic. I love the throwback, and it says, um, "I cannot, uh, I cannot keep calm when the Saints are on." So it's gonna be awesome to hang in my man cave. Uh, Charlie, any did you get any Saints gear this holiday season? Let me see. Let me think about this. I didn't get any from anybody else, so I got myself the rep in the South division champ shirt nice um i got a new hat which is yet to come in 
But uh, nope. You know, this is one of those weird years. You know, one year, I think this was like maybe two years ago, three years ago, maybe. Like, I got a bajillion Saints things. Like, yeah. I got like two Saints blankets, one from and from different people, like slippers, uh, a winter hat, gloves, like so much Saints stuff in one year. It was, it was kind of hilarious. But now, nah, I mean, this year I didn't didn't get any Saints gear from anybody else, but I, I took care of myself, that's for go. sure. Nice. Yeah, you were drowning in Saints gear, and now you're just in a, in a tiny little puddle. A self-made puddle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, thank you to everybody. Uh, I also got Saints shoelaces as well that I'm going to throw on my Nikes, which is... That's which dope. Is, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. But um, let, let's jump into the game, uh, the Voldemort game, the, the he who shall not be named game uh, of <laughs> this. I mean, we, we thought it was Dallas. We originally thought it was Tampa Bay. I really think it was Week 7. Just just because of how ugly it ended up being, how, how really lopsided the game was, how... Um, unmotivated our, our guys seemed, even the starters and, you know, some of the backups who we thought were going to perform at least somewhat lights out. Um, the Saints ended up losing their season finale of 2018 at home against the Carolina Panthers with a final score of 31-14. Before I go any further, before the show, I uh, realized that even though the Saints did lose 31-14 as a final score, that's still not as bad as how much the Saints won by in Carolina last season, which was a final score of 31-13. to And if you remember, that was in Week 3, and that actually began the eight-game win streak for the Saints uh, back in 2017 that started that fantastic campaign there uh, for the New Orleans Saints. So he, he, even the win by the Panthers isn't as good. Even, even the blowout win to, to cap the season off is not as impressive as the the mauling that the Saints gave them a season ago, so that's a, that's a silver lining before we move on to a lot of negative. Um, but I just want to pass it off to you, man. Can you summarize? This was a very sloppy game. I, I really won't even get into the statistics. I'll talk about Bridgewater in a second. Really, is is who I'm going to get into. There's there's not much to go off of, but this was a, a frankly bizarre game. I don't think anybody really thought the Saints were going to be this bad. Obviously, even with with a lot of the guys, Teddy Bridgewater started. Alvin Kamara ended up uh, uh, not playing. And uh, the Saints also set out uh, a few offensive line starters. But for the most part, the defense was active. Michael Thomas was active, even though he wasn't um, a major part. He was still active in the game. Um, but, yeah, summarize your thoughts on the game. Uh, again, it was 31-14 to as, as the final score. But it really felt like an exhibition match to cap the season off. Yeah, I mean, it was really disappointing, to be quite honest. I mean, I know, you know, and I was 100% guilty of this. You know, all day, Saturday and Sunday morning, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be nice to watch a Saints game and not really feel any stress. And here I am in the middle of the game, like, mm. not freaking out, but being very agitated, I guess is the best word to describe the way I felt. Was I was, like, obviously disappointed, but just irritated that that's, that's the way we decided to close out the regular season. I mean, you know, you had, you had fans there, man. You had, you had Yet excited fans that went to that game, and I know a lot of a lot of uh, people that I'm connected with on Twitter um, were at that game, and and uh, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I get it. You know, it's here's what it is. It's the last game of the season. You know, meaningless in a in regards to your playoff positioning, um, but not entirely meaningless at all. Um, <clears throat> but you know. It takes, okay, like they say that the difference between a good team and a great team in the NFL is actually a lot, lot smaller than what you think. That the margin for, you know, a 13 or 12 win team and an 8 win team is actually not that big. Mm. And I think what goes into that is the the mental focus that you can, you know, because at this level, okay, everybody's a professional athlete. Everybody is unique, and one of the only people in the world can, that can do what they're asked to do on a football field because NFL football players don't grow on trees. That's why they're paid millions of dollars and they play on TV and all that. Um, but there's the other, there's the intangibles, there's the focus, there's the, you know, the heart, the grit, all that that kind of separates the great teams from the not so great teams. And I think what you saw Sunday was <clears throat> a team who was not as good as the Saints. 
um, talent-wise. But they were obviously more motivated. They're obviously more focused, and they had that that extra oomph in in their game, you know, to come into New Orleans and beat us. They we we beat them three times last year. We beat them this year. They they were ready to get a win. And the Saints look like a team that was kind of on cruise control, that just kind of wanted to coast through the game, get out of there alive, and and kind of relax a little bit. And I get it. Like I totally get that. But um, you know you don't want to go into the playoffs like that. And luckily for us and luckily for the saints that we have a coach and Sean Payton that really, really knows what he's doing. I mean, obviously he's won a championship, but you know, he's been around the great bill Parcells. That was his mentor. And he just kind of knows what it takes to get a team ready. And then, you know, obviously it's going to be up to the team to execute. And what I really liked about, um, what coach Payton said after the game, you know, obviously he was really disappointed. He's like, we can't, you know, we came out and laid an egg and that's, we just can't do that. And, uh, you know, he said this, this week, meaning the week that we're in now, the, the bye week per se, the preparation will be, uh, fine tuning fundamentals, which, you know, fundamentals, that's what you do over summer. That's what you do in the beginning of the season. You know, we're getting into the playoffs. You don't have time for that. Well, this is the beauty of getting that first round bye. is one, you can get some key guys healthy, which, you know, on our offensive line, we need to get those guys healthy, continue to get Ted Ginn back healthy. Um, you know, Alex Okafor, you know, rest his ankle and his bone bruise and some other things that he's got going on, get him healthy. But what you can do is go back to basics. You have this free week, free week to rehab and get better. But you have a free week to go back and do those little things like, you know, work on form tackling, or open field tackling, work on, you know, your line technique or look, work on your run fits and things like that or work on some route timing those little things that actually separate great teams from good teams and that's kind of what Sean Payton was getting at was you know this week we're going to we're going to take a look at the tape there's obviously things we need to clean up and we're going to go back to basics and work on fundamentals that way you know you're working on the little things that are going to set you apart from your opponent whoever it is and then next week when we know who our opponent mm-hmm. is then we'll get into that film and break down the opponent. The best way to improve uh, is going back to the basics and learning, even if it feels like high school practice, learning the fundamentals of football and getting your base correct so that then you can actually um, have proper technique and be able to focus on the other intangibles that come along with being a great football team and football player individually so yeah I, I enjoyed those comments by Sean Payton and if you look on um I believe it was um either Lane Johnson or, or, or John uh Kazenstein talking about uh that quote that you just talked uh mentioned from Sean Payton about getting back to practice and uh going back to the fundamentals and a lot of people replied with I hope that includes defensive backs turning around and looking at the ball as part of the drills they're going for. And that was definitely frustrating to watch. So there's a lot to clean up from the Saints. And fans are, are, are not not shy to let the team, even the Twitter account, know and let everybody else know. Very, very, um, I mean, I, I don't want to say exactly overreacting Twitter, but Saints Twitter, you're, 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 you overreact fairly often. This game might have been an overreaction, obviously. Remember, the Saints did lose when they went to the Super Bowl back in 09 and won the whole thing. They lost the final three games of the season. Coincidentally, of course, the same three teams that they end up losing to this season finish with the same record, same home field advantage. Um, however, there's no Colts team being 14-2 and two in the other conference, although there is a pretty good Colts team and a, and a vibing Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a second. But overall for, for this game, uh, I just want to summarize it with some stats. The time of possession, Carolina 33-26, Saints 26-34, very big margin. The Saints were uh, top five in the league in time time of possession over the games. That's how they won a majority of their matchups, especially those blowouts uh, earlier in the season. Uh, they had six penalties for 94 yards as opposed to Carolina, who had two for 10. Uh, and, of course, pass interference penalties play into that number that, that you gave up a lot of yards. Um, there were just some boneheaded mistakes there. Rushing yards, though, the Saints actually uh, topped the Carolina Panthers, 184-111. to 111. Of course, um, Christian McCaffrey only carried the ball four times, and it was uh, Artis Payne there 
uh, for Carolina that, that made the most of his day. He had a couple of touchdowns. Cameron Artis Payne, um, he, he had one touchdown, uh, 16 carries, 56 yards. But for the Saints, it was Dwayne Washington leading the way. Uh, 11 carries for 108 yards. Did not end up with a touchdown, but that's just about 10 yards per carry there for the young man, the third-string running back, uh, impressing at the perfect time going into the playoffs. And, of course, Teddy Bridgewater, 14 of 22, 118 yards. He had a touchdown pass to Traquan Smith, and then he had an interception. Um, He was sacked twice for a loss of 8 yards. Overall, his QBR was 43.1, 50 is average, and his passer rating was 73.7. Around 100 is just about average for that. So, Obviously, below the marks there, um, you, you you don't like to see a performance at all like this uh, from any team. Uh, and, and by the way, the Panthers had 374 pass yards uh, from their uh, third-string guy, essentially, uh, who also had a rushing touchdown, uh, Kyle Allen, who uh, played lights out. Uh, credit to the young man for, for coming out there and playing well in uh, an opportunity he doesn't get too often. So shout out to him. Hopefully that opens up some more doors for him down the line. He did decimate a fairly, you know, uh, healthy starting defense there for the Saints. But disappointing game. The positives come out of it, though. I want to hit on two, obviously. They're they're pretty big records. Michael Thomas broke the Saints' single-season record for receiving yards, uh, a record previously held by Joe Horn. The record before Thomas had it was 1,399 yards in one season. Uh... Thank, thanks to a six-yard reception, he was tied with Joe Horn. And in the fourth quarter, he caught a, a six-yard reception that put him over the mark and uh, puts him at 1,405 yards, 2018. Uh, and he, of course, broke the Saints' uh, single season. Uh, or, excuse me, sorry. He would he led the NFL in 125 receptions in the 2018 season. He had the most catches of any receiver um, uh, in, in the entire league. Shout out to, to Michael Thomas for that. And then, of course, Drew Brees, uh, think, be, because he sat out of the game uh, before the week even started, he uh, went down in the books as the best. Uh, he broke his own record. Best completion percentage in a single season, 2018-19 regular season for Drew Brees. 74.2%, beating his previous record of 72. So shout out to Drew Brees, bringing his own record uh, that he had set a season ago. Um, and shout out to Michael Thomas, to the, two of the best duos in the NFL, arguably the best duo, especially if they go on to win the Super Bowl this year. But yeah, positives there to look forward to for the Saints as they head into the playoffs, which we'll dive into right now. We'll talk about a little bit. Saints are obviously the number one seed in the NFC, and the Rams, uh, as we all thought might end up happening in the middle of the season, end up being the other squad with a bye there. They have the two seed after winning the NFC West. Uh, Kansas City and New England are the top two seeds there in the AFC with Kansas City having home field advantage. Playing this weekend, you have the Colts who snuck in there very impressively. Uh, they're at six, going to Houston to take on Deshaun Watson and the Texans. So that's a divisional matchup there. Uh, the Texans will be hosting as the three seed. Um, and then you have all, later on that night on Saturday, the five seed Seattle Seahawks, who many people thought were, were dead in the water earlier uh, around week five, week six. They, they didn't think uh, the Seahawks had much of a chance at the playoffs. Uh, they end up making it as a five seed, finishing second in the NFC West, and they are going to be in Arlington at Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys, the the sometimes savage Dallas Cowboys. We'll, we'll see which which Cowboys team decides to show up, but uh, good chances are if the Cowboys win um, on Saturday, uh, they will be playing the New Orleans Saints because the other matchup there in the NFC is the Eagles at the Bears. Six seed Eagles with a hampered. Nick Foles, who's already their backup, broke his ribs. Uh, going to the Bears, who are surging, uh, almost seem unstoppable at home, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They just know how to get after the quarterback uh, and, and and create turnovers and make plays there. So I think it's going to be difficult for the Eagles. Um, and then the other AFC matchup, which I think is really the most intriguing game out of all of these um, wildcard matchups. Fifth seed Chargers, who were pretty much a game or two away from being the number one seed there in the AFC and having a home field advantage, are going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens, uh, who somehow ended up actually winning the NFC North. We, 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 pretty much everybody thought it was locked up by the Steelers there, um, and that they were going to win their way out. Um, at least, maybe not against the Saints, but they were at least going to win their way out um, back in Week Eleven, Week Twelve, and secure that division. Doesn't happen. Behind Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens sneak in. The Steelers are eliminated from the playoffs. So, Charlie, there's a lot to unpack here. Let's start with the NFC, obviously. Give me your quick thoughts with the two games going on. Eagles at Bears. Uh, who do you have there? Chicago's at home. Eagles a little hampered. 
Um, and then you have the Seahawks at the Cowboys. Good defense, good offense. Overall, uh, I mean, Seahawks are a fantastically coached team. Cowboys can be suspect. They have Dak, but Ezekiel Elliott ends up, you know, being the best running back this season overall. Um, what do you what do you think with these two games? Because a lot hangs on the line for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I see. Wow, it looks like looks like the Bears are actually five and a half point faves yeah. on that. I guess that's that's about right. Five and a half, six point favorites. Not quite a touchdown, but that makes that makes sense to me. Um, and that's kind of how I see this game. I, I could definitely see a situation where. Um, sorry, Stan Verrett from ESPN just tweeted me back, so I kind of fangirled oh, out a couple minutes. Knowledge. Um, yes, fangirl moment. It's like, nah, Stan's a good guy, by the way. He, I'm, go- you, I'm going to favor the tweet right now. <laughs> he's a he, he's a cool guy, man. He interacts with Saints fans, and those are always my fave, favorite kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, But, uh, you, know, you know, with the Eagles, it's kind of weird, man. Like, overall talent, you know, Carson Wentz is the better quarterback, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, like, arm talent, just his ability to make plays. Um, he's a smart guy. But, man, Nick Foles has this thing about him that when, when the pressure's on, that dude, he hits another gear. It's weird. It's like, you know, those games last year when he came in and was filling in for Carson, you know, he it kind of was like, eh, you know, like he wasn't playing that well. Like, didn't they go to Dallas and lose a stupid game that they weren't supposed to? Like, something mm-hmm. weird, right? But then when the playoffs rolled around, Nick Foles got into like you know, demon Nick Foles, and he like right. took over the game and just kind of went crazy and <laughs> was an was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Big so Nick like, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna say. I wasn't sure if the little Chirins were listening to the show, but Big um, Nick. <laughs> ah, Big Nick. Okay, so <laughs> but like I I could see him going into Chicago and putting up a putting up a fight, man. I mean. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles are beat up, especially on the back end. But I see, uh, I see Chicago. I see Chicago winning. You know, Chicago, Chicago was good last year, man. They came into the dome and gave us, gave us a little scare. I mean, their defense yeah. was pretty solid last year, and and you know, Mitch Trubisky was a, you know, was a, was a uh, a, a puppy out there. But yeah. I, I kind of saw some potential, and and you know, my favorite radio show to listen to a uh, football talk radio show. I've probably talked about it a million times on the podcast is on Sirius XM. It's from three to six Eastern. It's called moving the chains with Pat Kerwin, who was a former executive with the jets. Um, and Jimmy Miller, Jim Miller, uh, you know, he, he's, he's the color analyst for the bears and he's been talking about this bears team mm. since I want to say mid last season about how they were so close to being on the edge of being a super bowl team. And I'm like, what is Miller talking about? I mean, I see the potential there, but no way in hell. They're just not there yet. Like, who's mm. their wide receiver? You know what I mean? And and uh, and lo and behold, they trade for Khalil Mack, who's wreaked havoc ever since he's came. That defense completely gelled. They're, they, uh, you know, and Mitch Trubisky has taken that next step in, into being a, a good starting quarterback in the NFL. And they were very close to having a first-round bye. So – um, you know, the defending champs are a team that, you know, they're saying no one wants to see right now. I, I, can, I can see that, but um, I, I think this is sort of the end of the road for the defending champs, uh, you know, with their little resurgence to fight their way back into the playoffs. I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take the Bears in this game for the, sure. The, the Eagles, first off. I'm with you. I'm absolutely rooting for the Eagles to win because I do not want to play the Chicago Bears team, even if it's in the dome. Their their defense terrifies me. Philadelphia was statistically the worst defending Super Bowl champion following a season ever. Uh, middle of the season, around I think weeks six to nine, they had one of the worst records at that point in in the year of any Super Bowl defending Super Bowl champion ever. Uh, they had some of the worst uh, third down conversion percentage. It was just a whole bunch of numbers. Turns out, I mean, Carson Wentz was playing injured for a majority of the season. But what, what what I do like about the Philadelphia Eagles, and of course they lose guys like Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, left in free agency, Alshon Jeffrey is on and off, uh, uh, Mike Wallace went to IR early on. And so, I mean, they, they don't really have a lot of weapons to throw to other than Zach Ertz. Um, but what, first off, Philadelphia fantastically coached team by Doug Peterson. 
their offensive system can go up against just about any defense in this league and gain a lot of yards one way or the other. The RPO with Nick Foles under Doug Peterson is is almost completely per- perfect. It's uh, uh, the, With Nick Foles under quarterback, the Philadelphia Eagles are a completely different team when they properly run that RPO system. Um, and they've been running it properly to end this season. Um, so... I think that the Eagles have a little bit more of a shot than I definitely would have said even a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to be rooting for them, no doubt, but I do think Chicago ends up coming away with the win. They might even win it convincingly. They might win it by a landslide, but I have a little, I have faith in the Eagles. They're also dogs on defense, especially with guys like Malcolm Jenkins, who, one of only three players in the league uh, to play 100% of defensive snaps for, for, for teams. So shout out former Saint Michael, Malcolm Jenkins doing work there. He's an Iron Man. He's definitely an Iron Man. Uh, they got they got guys like Fletcher Cox as well, who yeah. uh, had had a very good week in, in week 17. So they got they got guys, but I still think it's going to be Chicago, which means Chicago automatically uh, matches up against the Saints in the divisional round. So that's going to be interesting uh, if, if that ends up happening. Either way, yeah, I mean, if the Eagles win. Whole, whole new ball game there. A little bit more confidence for the Saints, but if the Bears win, set in stone, playing um, arguably the second best team there in, in the NFC. Uh, well, no, 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 I, that that's my bad. I lost my train of train of thought. I was I was uh, going to say if the Eagles win, that automatically matches them up against stuff. Chicago wins, that actually yeah, automatically right. will match them up against the Rams. So I'm still rooting for Philadelphia because that automatically gets us Philly, and then um, uh, L. A. will just have to deal with the winner of uh, Seattle and Dallas, who who I'm nervous to play either one of those teams as well. Um, so yeah, uh, Eagles, but yeah, no, no, that, that, that's, that's my fault. I messed up on that, but yeah, either way, I think the bears will win. Um, and then Cowboys Seahawks, that's such a toss up game for me. I, I'm going to say Seahawks in an upset. I'm going Seahawks mainly because I, 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 I just kind of want the Cowboys to be bounced early. I'm still, still a little bitter about the loss we had to them. It'd be, it'd be great to redeem ourselves against that team, but I'd love to see them be bounced early. Yeah. I'm going Seahawks too, man. Yeah. Honestly, I am. I Russell think Wilson Seahawks- is magic. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are the better team right now overall. I mean, they're the better coach team. I know that the Cowboys have some things going in the right direction. Their defense is stout. Um, Ezekiel Elliott was the leading rusher this year. Their Mm -hmm. offensive line is getting a tad bit healthier at the right time. They just came off of a very uplifting win last weekend, which was quite peculiar. But needless to say, you know, if that – if that – um, gutty performance by Dak and the rest of that team that kind of can rally the troops and whatever going into the playoffs can give you that extra motivation. You know, all power to you. But um, you know, my money is going to be on Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson in the playoffs. It's just mm-hmm. it is until someone knocks them out, and that I, I'm definitely going um, Seahawks that game. I believe I can pull it up right now. I believe the. Uh, I believe the spread on that was like a point, right? Uh, for uh, Seahawks yeah. Cowboys, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at actually, I'm, I'm looking at anywhere between one to two points in favor of Dallas, which basically yeah. tells me Vegas. That tells me Vegas doesn't really doesn't really know who the hell is going to win, but because uh, usually the home team gets a three point spot if it's yeah, an evenly exact. matched squad. Right, so that, squads, that's yeah. even like a lean towards – it's a lean, maybe towards not Seattle. a play, but a lean towards Seattle. Sure. And I, I, I see that, man. I mean, it's yeah. Russell Wilson who's, who's you know, up there with the best of them as far as his ability and plays that he makes, I, you know. Yeah, Wilson's fantastic. Where I live up here uh, in the Pacific Northwest, Seahawks are huge. Um, and it, it gets annoying occasionally, obviously, not being a fan of the team. But I am going to be, I mean, obviously hoping that – you know, a lot of my family and friends who are Seahawks fans and end up, you know, having a somewhat happy playoff uh, uh, experience. But, um, yeah, I, I think I just read a stat. Russell Wilson, shout out to Garen for giving me this stat. Russell Wilson has a perfect QBR rating when throwing to Tyler Lockett this season. That connection has become just absolutely incredible to watch, it's, man. It's, it's so hard to be that good to one guy. Even yeah. when, I mean, you even look at Breeze and Michael Thomas – 
I mean, how, how good they were, their catch percentage, obviously it kind of, you know, uh, I'd say got closer to averaging out uh, or definitely averaged out over the past few weeks, but that number was still high. Even then, there was still incompletions here and there. There wasn't really a perfect passer rating game you could really go to, I mean, or consistently games, a stretch of games, let alone an entire season of that. So that's just, that's just absolutely fantastic. So, Yeah, and you know, he, Tyler Lockett, was on the receiving end of some really a lot of long throws too where michael thomas yeah and michael thomas makes his money off the slants hitches um you know dig routes things of that nature that where he's not 30 40 yards down the field it's it's more of a small ball and in a high percentage possession type game whereas tyler lockett's flying down the field that connection to me is going to be one thing to watch first, that Cowboys defense for sure. The one thing I'll say about on the other side of the ball, um, Ezekiel Elliott's targets coming out of the backfield has skyrocketed towards the end of the mm. year. Um, I think you know Evan Silva, big-time stats guy, um, you know, fantasy football genius. I follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. If you, if you want to get you know, smarter as, as far as the numbers and the analytics of football, um, he, he tweeted something, I think it was this morning, about – how Ezekiel Elliott is, you know, over the last four or five weeks of the season was one of the one of, if not the most highest targeted running back out of the backfield. And that's the one area where this rebounded Seattle defense kind of struggles. So that'll be uh, that'll that'll be that'll be something, um, you know, to watch, too. But yeah. that that should be a good game. I'm going to one of my one of my well, one of my best friends, a couple of my best friends are actually Cowboy fans, believe it or not. Mm. And we're going to get together and uh, watch that in my buddy's theater yeah. room. So I, nice. I'm uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I'll be I'll be thoroughly rooting for them both to lose because I can't stand either team. But I'll probably pull for Seattle just because Cowboys fans can kind of drive me nuts. I'll be watching the game with the Cowboys fan as well. Shout out Miguel. Uh, so that'll be interesting as well. Uh, real quick, uh, Colts, Texans, uh, and then Chargers, Ravens. Two really interesting games, a couple of hot teams, a couple of really good defensive teams that we've seen. I mean, Baltimore has been spot on the season, but we've definitely seen them vulnerable. Same with Houston. Um, but, I mean, wh- what do you think of these two games? Um. <laughs> Well, let's see. The Houston, the the AFC South battle will yeah. be the battle of, in my opinion, the two top candidates for comeback player of the year ah. in Andrew Luck and uh, Deshaun Watson. So that'll be a good little storyline going in. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm I'm plugging this on uh, Wednesday. Come this weekend, you'll probably hear that line a bajillion times mm-hmm. about how those two quarterbacks are probably the top two comeback player of the year candidates. Charlie said it's it first. Really, Charlie said it I said first. it first. I said it first. Google it right now. Nobody else said it. <laughs> um, no, but it'll really be about those two guys. It'll be about those two quarterbacks going against each other. Both defenses are playing are playing pretty tough. Um, you know that Colts defense really freaking rebounded, man. And it's and it's uh, you know it's really anchored by, in my opinion, the defensive rookie of the year, Darius Leonard at yes. linebacker. That dude, that dude's a beast, man. Like I, I'm pretty sure he leads the league in tackles. And then as a and as an inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. has like seven or eight sacks or something crazy. Yeah, I, to me, he's the defensive uh, rookie of the year. Um, really hard toss-up between him and Derwin James, but I have to lean towards yeah. the linebacker because that's what he's done to me is incredible. Um, and, the, you know, the Texans, their offensive, they have a lot of offensive line issues. It seems like every time Deshaun Watson uh, drops back, he's he's dodging dudes and slinging it up to, to D-hop, you know. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's sort of how I see that game. I I might even lean I might even lean Colts that game, um, just because I think they're the more complete the more complete team. Uh, you know, and then then the other game will be an awesome rematch: the Ravens and the the Chargers, two two AFC teams that that I kind of enjoy watching. Ravens are you know kind of my my local team here. Um, you know, uh, I, I love Lamar Jackson. I love what he's doing. Um, you know, we've we've definitely built a bond. The uh, Saints fans and the Ravens fans over the last few years, and and I absolutely love it. Um, you know, because it's just two teams that don't really interact with each other that much, but we kind of have some things in common. Um, the cities kind of have a, some things in common, and uh, and then the Chargers. You know, the Chargers are one of those teams that like you just kind of feel bad for 
after a while because it's like how many times have they been so good and just fallen short you know whether it be with uh dan fouts at quarterback or you know with philip rivers at quarterback it's like they just seem like a team that just gets there and then they just fall short um you know rivers is one of those guys who you know i'm not comparing talent wise or legacy wise but just kind of situationally kind of reminds me of Dan Marino where he's got all the you know all the the accolades of passing and you know he can light up the scoreboard light it but he just you know it, it, is the super bowl ever going to come for the guy you know he's one right. of those guys i would i wouldn't mind seeing win a super bowl not this year not as long as Drew Brees is playing but you know in his career i wouldn't mind seeing uh Philip Rivers win a super bowl um but that'll be a good game i mean the the Chargers got to come east, right? And that's going to be tough. I mean, that that's always hard. It's always hard for a West Coast team to come all the way east. I mean, and I don't think that happens very often. You know, I don't I don't think it happens that often where the the home team in the playoff like it's it's such a drastic change in in time, and that'll be like a ten o'clock game or a ten thirty game for the Chargers. Right. Um, right. You know, so th- it'll be fun, man. It'll be, be, a, it'll be awesome. Game. It'll be an awesome weekend of playoff football where we Saints fans can can really just enjoy the games, and we don't really have to pull for anyone. We can just kind of sit back, see which one of these peasant teams is going to come into the dome and and get their ass kicked. One of these non-top two teams, right? One of one of one of these Shire teams. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, I'm going. I'm going with the upset. I'm going Colts over Texans. Uh, but I'm gonna say I think the Ravens are gonna pull it out. Shout out Lindsey. Okay, by the way, when you when you talked about uh, Ravens fans and Saints fans coming together, right? So, yeah, she she's become a she's become a sister of yes. of. Uh, she's she definitely has. She shouts us out. We shout her out a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know what, man? I, I kind of agree. I kind of think I kind of think the Ravens are gonna steal that this win because. The Ravens just kind of suffocate your offense, oh, yeah. and they do it. And they do it on both sides of the ball. They do it by playing extremely stout defense. I mean, Ravens defense to me is the funnest to watch in the NFL. They, mm-hmm. they just—they're so good at every aspect of defense, like getting after the quarterback, stopping the run, open field tackling, blanket coverage. Marlon Humphreys is awesome, but then they also suffocate your offense by the way they—they they play offense. They. They, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson can can convert first downs with his feet. Um, you know, they're running the ball overall really well. They they just they keep your offense off the field, and then when your offense gets on the field, they beat the hell out of them. And I love that kind of football, for uh, honestly. So I'm with you, man. I think the Ravens are gonna are gonna beat the Chargers. I think, you know, and and as far as you know, we can have this argument about playoff seating. To me, I mean, do you agree, Dayton, that it's kind of silly? That the Chargers ended up what like thirteen and three or twelve and four, and they have to go across the country to play the Ravens, who ended up with what nine or eight wins or something like that. Well, just I, you, so if you do like if you do what the NBA, I think I think I think right go like pretty much what what the NBA wants to do right is 16 best teams and then they 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 kind of seed it that way right do kind of what in the AFC it's like six best teams doesn't matter if you won your division or not seed them the way that their record is that way what Sandy or Los Angeles would be the 2 seed there and have a bye instead of being the 5th seed or even possibly if the rules are a little bit different they could with tiebreaker rules if divisions really didn't matter, be the one seed over Kansas City. But then, I, uh, that's the thing, though. In the NBA, nobody gives a, a flying anything about the divisions there in the NBA. Exactly. And in the NFL, divisions actually do matter. Now, if, if you want that taken away, that's fine. Uh, if, if you don't want divisions to really matter, I think it's a fantastic tradition here in football. If you want them to stay intact, you have to reward the division winners, and you have to give them their you know home home game um there in in the uh in, in the playoffs uh you just have to if you want divisions to matter win your division if you're if you're los angeles you had opportunities to win your division you lost some yeah, i'm gonna pull obviously you lost against kansas city early on in the year and um that had to do with the uh a tiebreaker later on there um and then late in the season when you actually have a chance to win the division 
Um, you, you lay an egg against the Ravens on Thursday night football. Good team. Again, good team. Um, coming back against Kansas City was really nice, but you had opportunities there um, to to win the division. And if you don't, I don't think you should be rewarded with you know having a, a top seed. Divisions yeah. matter. Divisions matter in football, and I mean, if you if you don't want them to matter, I think they're a fantastic tradition. But if you don't want them to matter, then 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 I, I would be fine with going away with that and reward because you know I do think if you, if you end up having the better record, I mean that is a really important part of uh, deciding who are the best teams and, you know, who deserve. But divisions matter. Win your division. Um, it was tough for them this season, but that's you got to win tough games uh, if you, if you want to be one of the best teams in the league. That's just my two yeah. cents, though. No, I, I agree. I think, I think as long as we have divisions, the division winner should be hosting a playoff game. And the reason why the NFL has divisions is because, you know, the NFL, more so than, than any other professional sport, in America, has such deep, strong-rooted rivalries. Yes. I mean, you know, you have rivalries throughout eras in other sports, like the the Celtics and Lakers, right? right? Uh, you know, that, that kind of rivalry. And then in the NHL, we have some pretty good rivalries, like the Caps and the Penguins. Um, you know, but that also kind of comes from divisions that, that the NHL has, although the NHL is kind of more, more along the lines of the NBA – but the the only way you could do it, like you said, if you care about divisions, the division winner should host a, a game. The only other way you could do it, and I've heard people that I really respect in the in the NFL world. I talked about him earlier, Pat Corwin. He's he's throwing this idea of get rid of divisions, okay? And you go back to almost the AFL and NFL days, where the the winner of the NFL and the winner of the AFL would play each other. The winner of the NFC and the AFC would play each other in the Super Bowl, and what you would do is each NFC team would play each other once, and then you know th- that's sixteen weeks, and then you'd have a crossover of um, you'd have a crossover game of one N- one AFC team, and you know some people have said well it could be like a, a a regional rival, like you know the Saints would play the Texans because it's kind of that golf rivalry or or something along the lines of that, and that way. You literally, your best teams in the NFC would be seeded, you know, one through six as appropriate, and then on the AFC, same thing, and then they play each other in the Super Bowl, and that way you you can really see, in fact, who were the best teams in both conferences, and that that to me is really the only way you could do it, and 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 seed teams based off of record, but. You know, all of this is basically pointless because the NFL knows that divisions are king and knows that the rivalries in the NFL are what sets it apart from other sports. I mean, the NFL is the king in America. You know, through all its ups and downs, um, you know, the 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 cry about the ratings last year and, oh, the ratings are going down and they went down in 2016. Well, the ratings are back up this year. Mm. The NFL's not going anywhere. The cap just got raised up to $197 million, and that's because revenue's up. Yeah. Sure, stadium attendance is a little bit down, but TV revenues are up. Yeah. The that- NFL is a smart, it's a smart you know, entity. It's going it's gonna to always know how to weave its way into making money. If it's not making money on game day experience by uh, attendance going down, then it's going to make its money on TV and other partnerships. So, Human evolution with technology, people. That's what it is, okay? I've been seeing that, like, oh, NFL attendance is down. The way people are watching nowadays is so much different. It's changing every day. So, uh, Yeah, it, I mean, it, it really is, man. It It is. The way people consume the NFL now is it's just it's entirely different. And there's certain things I would love the NFL to do. I mean, I, I hate – I utterly – like, there's – there's few things in the, in the world that I hate more, or you know, than uh, having to be beholden to Directv to watch. You know, if you want to do it legally, right? And you don't want to be sure. pirating games and stuff. If you want to do things the right way, is you have to have Directv to watch your team. I mean, I really think that the NFL, man, partner with Amazon, partner with Verizon, partner with one of these streaming giants, Please. Netflix. I don't give a crap, and. And have just different streaming options. You know what I mean? Like, I would be, you know, this has got to be something that the NFL has discussed. But, you know, have have package options. Either pay 
you know, the package to have every game, like you have NFL Sunday ticket, or just pay a regional package. Just mm-hmm. get your favorite football team. Like, there you go. Guess what? I don't care about the 430 uh, Arizona Cardinals versus the Niners on my TV. Right. I don't give a crap. And honestly, I don't even use it. Like, I don't watch it. I don't care. There's, there's probably something better on, like a better game on, or I'm, you know, playing with my kid or, or getting ready for the for the week. But, you know, really all I care about is watching the Saints and then watching games that obviously have direct, you know, effect to the Saints or my fantasy, you know, my fantasy season. Um, but yeah, I mean, the NFL is not going to change. It's not going to get rid of its playoff seating. And that's, I guess, where this whole tangent came from. And it's mm. because of the whole money part of the NFL, the NFL understands how to make money, yeah. but there's obvious improvements that I think they can make as far as, you know, streaming and letting people watch what they want to watch. I think the only thing holding that theory back, which I like the, you know, play each team once and then you have pretty much like a regional Wild or, or play everybody. What well, it was everybody in the conference, right? Once and then you have a that that literally turns the schedule into baseball MLB schedule. That's okay, I guess. But the travel time overall, I think that's that's what would stop the idea. I mean, that's that's I I think on average the the cost of travel for each team would go up quite significantly. And obviously the NFL, like we were just talking about, makes a good amount of money. But you got to weigh your options. But Good idea overall. Um, Going to be some fantastic games. Um, I, I say fantastic really weird. Going to be some great games this weekend. Um, be sure to check them out. The Saints will obviously play next week. But that's all the time that we have for today. I, I was going to mention some of the coaches being fired, but I think that's a better idea saved for our guest tomorrow. Like I mentioned earlier, Ross Jackson. So we'll be talking about the coaches being fired, how that affects the Saints, if it does at all. Uh, obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be looking for a new head coach. So that immediately affects their future there in the division uh but that's all the time we had for today thank you guys so much for joining us and tuning in um charlie man little send off before i do my outro you can follow him at saint charlie anything else you got to say um before i mean you talk to the audience again tomorrow uh no uh, tomorrow we're we gonna get into the Steeler stuff yeah yeah so yeah i i uh, i want to save the Steeler stuff for tomorrow too because that's a okay. pretty big all nfl right. drama because there could be some more Apparently, there's going to be an interview or some sort of video from Antonio Brown coming out soon. That'll most likely happen. I mean, sometime tomorrow, possibly, hopefully. If not, we'll up. You, we'll, we'll talk about the news for sure. But yeah, uh, there's yeah, definitely some crazy stuff. Yeah, there's there's some Antonio Brown stuff that I uh, just saw on Twitter that I cannot wait to talk about tomorrow, and it kind of sheds light on what on what's going on. Uh, and we'll leave it at that. So if you want to hear about that, listen to the show. Ooh insider information i like it um but yeah again you can follow charlie at saint charlie you can follow tyler at raymond tyler m you can follow myself at dayton underscore brown underscore and you can follow the podcast twitter account at the wdd podcast be sure to also subscribe to us on itunes and spreaker and rate us on both five stars please goes a long way we appreciate it a lot and uh tweet us if you want to tweet us uh saint's gear you got for christmas polls you want us to do Anything you want to say on the show, we will feature it. We will talk about it. We love activity on Twitter. Please give us some. And again, thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you guys very soon. In fact, we'll be talking to you guys tomorrow. So look out for that. And as always, who that?